So welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard, Fear of Flying Coach. And today's guest is Victoria and Spencer Kibble, uh, commonly known as Vask, B, Vicky. Uh, we don't know what she's going to be today, but welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure to be on board with you today. Pun intended, Paul. Thank you very much. I because when you I first came across Vasque therapy, I thought, oh, is this a new? Because I'm always a bit nosy, and so I googled what is Vasque therapy, and I was like, and then I, it, do you know how long it took me to work out? It's your initials. <laughs> it is Paul, but also yeah, because a lot of people call their hypnotherapy by their their name and obviously mine's extraordinarily long so I decided to go with VAS therapy and because of Scandinavian descent VAS actually means to cleanse or wash in Dutch oh hey. how apt is that but uh so tell I... us all about yourself tell us about your background what you do I know you help nervous flyers and probably lots of other stuff so this is your moment to offer out your help and obviously we'll put your contact details on so people think oh i'd like the sound of this vasque stuff then they can come and see you privately in whatever capacity that, that you offer is that right yeah that's absolutely fine so i flew i started flying actually the same time as you when you started 1996 so I uh, started with Air 2000. I actually went for Virgin and Air 2000 at the same time, but decided, I don't really know why, but I decided to start with Air 2000 because it, it was local. It was Birmingham rather than mm. going down to all the time. No, it's a good um, airline as well, isn't it? Oh, I loved it. And obviously mm. Air 2000 didn't go anywhere. It just changed into first choice. Mm. And now it's 2E, so they haven't gone anywhere. And I absolutely adored flying I loved it I, I can't tell you how much I loved it and when you say about kind of being an imposter when you say that you've not had that fear of flying it's it's the knowledge of knowing how people are going to suffer on board I think and obviously being going through the ranks starting off as cabin crew and then senior cabin crew then flight supervisor there isn't a lot that you haven't dealt with on board the aircraft. Mm, true. From nervous flyers to every other kind of thing as well. Medical uh, evacuations, you name it. Yeah, kind of done it. So I understand it very well. Mm. And the other thing for me was that with my late husband, Carl Spencer, unfortunately, Carl passed away in 2009. And that's what ended my oh, flying no. career. But uh, because I was on long haul, so I couldn't leave two bereaved children of three and eight. Oh, my um, God. I'm so sorry uh, to hear that. I didn't know it's that. Okay. It's okay. It's why I went into the therapy uh, lifestyle, because mm. I knew that I, I needed to overcome things. And this therapy helped me that much that much so that I kind of went, I need to try in this. This is incredible. And I've always been in that kind of let's say job role where I've yes. gone from flying to teaching and now therapist. So um, I kind of love what I do. Uh, and also because my colleagues who I started flying with in 1996, they've gone through the most extraordinary of times and we all need to get the economy going and people flying those birds back up in the sky. Every time I hear a flight, uh, um, an aircraft go over, I look up 
it does it makes my heart sing so I love what I do mm. so when I lost Carl unfortunately he was a documentarist working for National Geographic a let's get this right he was filming a documentary on the Britannic which is the sister ship to the Titanic commissioned by National Geographic Wow. That's nearly as long as my name, isn't it? <laughs> and unfortunately, he lost his life to it. He was the lead expedition leader. And because he lost his life to, I would say, stress definitely contributed to his loss of life, mm. but also brain axemia, so the bends. And because after losing him, I incurred a lot of stress, of, you know, trying to losing his income, my income, not being able to do what I love doing, having two young children, a life insurance is not paying out because of how he passed away, all kinds of uh, traumas. I kind of became, uh, let's say, inquisitive about why the brain worked the way it Mm. did. Unfortunately, I had eight seizures, 18 months after I lost Carl, eight seizures in an hour. So I'm not epileptic, but I have the capacity to have seizures and for a lady who flew for nearly 15 years and I've scuba dived for 30 years being married to a documentarist who filmed underwater I um, don't understand why it never gone down there or up there if that makes sense but it didn't because I was never stressed up there or down there mm. stress was what brought the seizures on uh, mm. through a, a virus called epiglottitis so epiglottitis is the tightening of the throat, a bit like anaphylactic shock, which you deal with many times on board the aircraft. Um, so I wanted to understand why, why it had happened to him and why my brain had gone into seizure mode as well. And that's what landed me with doing what I do now. And I absolutely adore what mm. I do, because I do think there's three levels to fear of flying. Uh, and please stop me if I'm over talking. No, so so yeah. <laughs> no, it's lovely that. I mean, God, what a, what a backstory, you know. So that's a hell of a lot to go through and to deal with. And I guess that must not that you wouldn't have had that a lot already, but that must give you massive amount of empathy for people suffering with with whatever. Yes. And I was just curious because you mentioned that you've gone into fear of flying, and because of all the things you could have done is that is that the the thing or do you do lots of things oh i i come across absolutely everything but fear of flying flying brings me joy Mm. it's passion um i do a lot of water confidence i would i would probably say a lot of people come to me for confidence the fear of flying anxiety stress i said i'm seeing an influx of weight addictions i would say because people drink to get on board People take medication to get on board. We all know the medications that they get prescribed. But in the UK, you and I are both in the UK at the moment, that's actually being limited as well. So what better a time to actually get over the symptom that is fear of flying rather than either drink too much? Because when people got on board and I was the flight supervisor, I wouldn't initially assume, oh, here we go again. I would actually ask the question, are you okay? Is there something that's bothering you? Mm. A lot of the time, people would actually sit down and say, I'm terrified of flying. Yeah. And obviously, if they've taken a medication, and here where my scuba diver background comes into effect is 
the effects that it has in the air is exactly like the effects it has with scuba diving. It can be up to three times, four times. So one beer on the ground mm. can make you feel like you've had four in the air, but you would never scuba dive with a beer in you. So I kind of understand the compression value of flying yes. and diving and what it does to people. Yeah, anxiety, stress, and everything along that comes with that, the panic attacks, mm. and uncovering the real root reason cause to why people fear flying. Because there's definitely, in my opinion, there's three levels. The knowledge, which is where the courses are absolutely amazing because people just want to know why is it still tube in the air and uh, how does it stop up there and <laughs> what are the safety features? The what ifs, they yes. need to an answer because they're catastrophizing. Mm. So there's your knowledge. Then I've come across the people who have come through an, an event. So it may be that they've been during 9-11. I see a lot of people through international calls through 9-11 and or they've been in turbulence, or they've actually been in an air accident. And then the final level I find is trauma. And the trauma is the ones that I really, the events and the trauma is where I really specialise because believe it or not, I've had people come to me and it's grief has been their root cause to their fear of flying. I.e., let's say that the one lady who it was, her dad had always kept her safe. And now mm. he'd passed on. Out of nowhere, it came this fear of flying. She'd flown for years and years and years. Mm. And suddenly, because she'd lost her dad and he was the one who kept her safe, all of a sudden she got on board the aircraft and couldn't understand why she'd got this sudden fear of flying. So and she it, hadn't made the link herself? No, not at all. Mm. I use a technique which is by Milton Erickson. So it's conversational. I don't... I also do the traditional, but um, because some people like the repetition and they like going down the stairs and all that kind of thing. But there's also a different way of doing it where you notice subconscious moments where they'll dip the head or their, their eyes will start fluttering or we all have them. I tend to do the thinking pose where... Why should they, they, they um, I nearly said passengers then, but why should the clients have all the fun? I go into the subconscious mind as well, where I put my, my hand on my chin and do the thinking pose. When they do that, the words that follow that unconscious moment are really, really important because they're telling me emotionally rather than logically. Mm. So then you will be able to get to the emotional root cause of why they fear flying. Does that make sense, Paul? It's very interesting, yeah, it is. So I get people who come to me and they've they've done a natural regression as well. So they'll they'll bring up an incident that happened in their childhood, i.e. they've been trapped. That's another word that people, uh, uh, fear of flyers uh, have. They can't escape, they can't get out, they feel trapped. And they've gone back to a, a scene in their childhood where they've been locked in a toilet, and mm. we've all done that as teenagers, haven't we? We've all been locked in the toilet. No, speak it's for yourself. No, never. <laughs> sure there's been a few flowers and eggs thrown on that head, Paul. And uh, <laughs> they're locked in the toilet and they can't get out. But um, years later, they've they've flown all their life and then all of a sudden they've become a mum or they've become a dad. 
And they've got this responsibility of a, a child sitting next to them. And all of a sudden, that subconscious mind has jumped on and said, remember when you were trapped? Now you've got to get this whole family out the yeah, aircraft and you're in charge right now. All of a sudden, that outer controlness mm. flips straight back in. Sorry, I had to do a click then. Flips straight back in. And, and that's where you have to, mm. I kind of say, it's like untying a knot in a shoelace. You untie those knots one by one because their words are important to their mind. This is where I, I feel the three layers come in where you can give people lots of knowledge and for some incredible, it's amazing, it's incredible for them. They will overcome that fear of flying instantly. Yeah. But for others, there's something deeper and you need to get to that deeper root cause. Again, if they say an event, i.e. 9-11, a lot of New Yorkers have contacted me. The core, what I would say, the corporate level now, the lawyers, the people who were, say, eight years old, seven years old, we're, we're just coming up to 22 years, aren't we? So they were children when it happened. But a lot of the schools in the United States asked the children to write letters to the other children whose parents didn't come home. So they've started to catastrophize, can never get that word out right, catastrophize and think of the what ifs mm. and they worry about their, their mums and dads on board an aircraft or they worry about them being on board an aircraft or yeah, leaving yeah. home. I'm finding a lot of that that's happening as well. The words that they say it comes out of nowhere or it comes out of the blue. Now, the blue for you and I, your your emblem logo, just like mine, it's got the colour blue in. There's a love of it, isn't there? There is, and that's why I love Love Fly. There's a love there. But for some people, it might be the blue is they're thinking of an incident that happened in the blue, i.e. the sky, 9-11. Does that make sense? Or they'll think of, again, the ocean for myself, I actually love the ocean. I teach once a week. I teach uh, swimming confidence to kids and I get in the water with the children because it hasn't put me off. Like 9-11 and like losing my husband to the ocean, I'm passionate about it. It actually spurs me on to actually make sure that nobody suffers Mm. like then, 9-11 back then, and also like I did and my children did, when we lost Carl in 2009, it, it spurs me on to make sure that that those anxiety, the panic attacks, the stresses that it takes on your mind and your body don't actually happen to somebody else. Again, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So you want to, um, you're very on. much, you're giving a lot back, aren't you? When, through yeah. your work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 51 years young, Paul. And um, <laughs> you now I, if I can do this for another 30 years, I will do it. I will never retire because I love mm. it. And watching mm. that spark where I suddenly have somebody sitting in front of me where I'm sure you've seen it, they suddenly come alive. They start to sit up. You you can physically see the weight lifted off their shoulders. They start to smile. They start to speak more softly. Mm. And all of a sudden, you know you've got them. You've lifted that weight that has kept them depressed for such a long time. But they have. And the fear of flying is just a symptom. 
you've given them back their wings, but not just in flying, in life. So I have so many people where they won't be go, go out to the pub because they don't want to go into the toilet because they feel trapped. Uh, they won't um, go for the next interview because their confidence is shattered. And again, it's coming down to that fear of flying. It it just spreads out like a spider's web into so many other areas. I know you and I have been talking for a while now. And last week I was actually in Iceland for my second husband. See, blind dates do work. Uh, my second husband is 50 next month so I treated him and plus I wanted to go back to Iceland because I did it whilst I was flying and he wanted to go and see the northern lights as soon as I boarded the aircraft I could see this lady who was slightly larger lady was sitting in the seat she was bright red she couldn't breathe I could see the full-blown panic attack happening And a seat next to her was free. So as I was coming down the aisle, I thought, well, this is my time to use my conversational hypnotherapy. So in I jumped into the seat next to her. And within, because I'm a breathwork coach as well, I I use the tools and techniques that I have in my belt to actually not have this lady become a runner. And we all know what a runner is on on board an aircraft when that person is so scared they yeah. suddenly go, yep, can't do it, need to oh, get out. That's it, I'm out of here. No, yeah. they're off. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that that then incurs a delay. You've got to get their baggage off. The the uh, family with them either go without them or they get off. And it just delays the whole process for everyone else as well. Um, I had another lady who was pregnant and severe anxiety on exactly the same flight. Again, that. All of a sudden, she was um, responsible for this baby that she was carrying, and it was overwhelming. That's a big one. I'm sure Mm. you've seen that many times. So what I dealt with with when I was flying, I've dealt with when I've been teaching. And now that I'm not in the classroom, obviously, I deal with in therapy as well. Um, So there's, there's many things that I never even thought myself fear of flying would come from. The outer routine, non-routine. So what I do is like a transformational kind of process where I want to make sure that it isn't just the fear of flying we get them over. We get them over the panic attacks that they may fear that they're going to fear of having on board. The control, outer controlledness. Well, if you want to be in control of a cockpit and, and you're not a captain, Good on you for that one, because, you know, at the end of the day, we can't do their job, the fear of flyers job. Why would they think that they could do a captain and first officer's job? Mm. You know, let them be in control at that point. It's not their normal routine. It is theirs. It's the flight deck and the cabin crew's normal routine. You and I both know when cabin crew get on board, they don't, it, half the time they don't feel turbulence. They don't feel the takeoff. You don't. Because it's a natural function and natural routine for you to be on board. Whereas for somebody else, it isn't. Mm. So it's trying to make that person feel as comfortable as possible. And certainly during COVID, I've found the four wall syndrome kicking in, the anticipation anxiety kicking in, the what ifs, the catastrophizing, the waiting again another lady came to me and she said it's it's the build-up it's the build-up to booking to being in the airport to getting on board and if I get to the point where I'm about to board the aircraft I've done really really well 
And her natural regression through one of the therapies, the modalities that I use, was she went back to a waiting room in a doctor's when she was seven years old. And of course, seven years old, petrified of going Mm. into this doctor's surgery. And so when she got on board, she sat next to somebody who'd actually got, let's say, an orange coat and the doctor had got an orange jumper on that day. And she suddenly went straight back to that scene where she she was thinking, what if, what if, what if? Yeah, yeah. So I've found some extraordinary root causes to why people fear flying. I'm going to have to jump in and ask you. I'm dying to ask you questions. I've loved listening listen to it, but I'm also aware of you what your training is, and I'm thinking I could be getting lulled into uh, I don't know anything. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So, tell us a little bit about the how you work because all those those stories sound fantastic, and I know that people will be thinking, "Well, if I want if I want if I want to come and get some of this therapy, what am I getting?" How long would it cost? How long would it take? Not so much how much it costs, but how long would it take? How many sessions? I know it's how long is a piece of string, but just to sort of, because I think there will be some people listening who will be tempted to to come at you. You might not need more customers, but you're quite likely to get some people contact you as a result of this because that it's a good way for them to hear about a new approach, you know. Absolutely. What I do is, first of all, I get them to jump on a discovery call with me just purely because I want to hear where they're coming from. Their words are important to their mind. And then I can kind of see which level they're on, whether they're knowledge. And then I will say to them, go and do a course. And if the course doesn't work, then come back to me. Or if they've been in an event where I had a lady who was on a Lanzarote flight with me and I had to sit for the whole flight as the flight supervisor holding her hand, mm. taking her out there because she'd been involved in Kegworth, which, as you can tell by my accent, I'm between Birmingham and East Midlands. And of course, Kegworth was a big disaster in the area and obviously an air disaster, which we learned so much more from. And yes. obviously we make sure it never happens again. So what I do is I listen to their words and also these unconscious moments that I've been telling you about. And once I see what's actually bothering them, then I literally put a, compile a transformation together for them. Because for some people, believe it or not, you can actually do it in one session. For others, it may take up to four. But within that four, what I actually do is I we book a... Uh, four sessions within three months but just before they fly if for example they're flying next year 2023 we will put in the diary where I'll contact them within a week of their flight and actually make sure they're ready for and you'll laugh at this the new new or the new you kind of thing where (laughs) because it's new for them to get on board the aircraft for the first time since their fear of flying they may get that little bit of anxiety that little bit of jitters. So again, that would be something that I would untie in that discovery call, coaching call, whatever you want to call it, that sometimes it's half now, sometimes it's up to an hour before they actually fly, just to make sure I know that they have that flying confidence then. And I know they're not going to back out and they have all the tools and techniques 
Uh, I give away lots of free tools and techniques anyway, but my real passion is doing that one-to-one stuff. Yeah. Um, because I got re- I got married on a round-the-world trip. I eloped. I was naughty. Paul <laughs> and I actually went round the world and got married in Fiji the first time I got married. And I wouldn't have had it any other way. I was working for the airline at the time. And when we were in New York, that's when I uh, found out that I was being kept on permanent because you and I know that you're temporary before you're permanent with all coming through. And obviously 9-11 happened in New York. So again, there's such a significance for Mm. me to why I chose flying and everything that is encompassed in flying as well. I mean, this sounds lovely. I mean, and also people quite like the fact that it's, it's four sessions. You sound really personable, and it sounds like you give people a, a lot of individual attention there, which yeah. I know a lot of people really like. So, how do what's the best way for them to contact you? So, all I have is a discovery call link via Calendly, uh, which is attaches to my calendar. Uh, we jump on that Zoom call for approximately half an hour. It may go longer depending if they do get upset on the call, because a lot of people do get emotional on that Mm. call. And that's okay, because again, that's them just letting go. That's a subconscious not already untied. So contacting me via my Calendly link, my discovery call, and then I make sure I'm the right person for them. Because I'm an ex-flight supervisor, I flew for, like I say, it was just over 14 years, it's important that they have that connection with me. It's important that what I do is what they are open to doing mm. with me as well. Because for some people, hypnotherapy, you know, they all of a sudden get scared. I'm going to cluck like a chicken bar, like a dog. I probably would do that to you, Paul. <laughs> okay, um, well, I'll end the call now. Thanks yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah, he's ended it now. <laughs> no, uh, they, they suddenly think that, and I'm with mm. it you do anything i'll be taking you down the porsche dealership right now i don't i drive a mini not a maserati and i'm quite happy driving that mini i you need to make sure they're comfortable with what you do yes and also i i kind of want dare i say the difficult cases where they really don't understand where it comes from but you weren't you and i both know you weren't born with this fear no you've learned it most of our beliefs are made before the age of eight. It's why we teach the times table when we do, having been in a classroom for uh, 12 years. I get that understanding. The mind likes repetition, but then that repetition gains momentum. So it can build and build and build. So if there's something that's built and built and built through that momentum, that repetition, we need to make sure that we reframe that repetition to a better belief, habit of thought, overthinking. Makes sense? It does, yeah, yeah. So I like to finish, because there's been re- some really nice, the thing for me I really liked is, regardless of the stuff you said, it's, it, there's something about your manner and tone, which is very reassuring and uh, welcoming. And I think that if anybody's listening to this and thinking, not so sure about the hypnotherapy type stuff that they should try you out because it's that you've got such such a decent or authentic way of going about it and i like the fact that you do this discovery call just to give them half an hour to to just see if it's right for them i think that's really i think it's really good i think i can't think of a better word i wasn't say brilliant then but 
I keep feeling hard to say that too much. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Uh, so if you had to give your sort of like your your top tip for somebody who is like fear of flying, you know, from your sort of years of experience of helping them in terms of what they need to do or what they could consider doing to help themselves, you know, possibly coming to you, but just generally, what what would that be? I I, th- I love your podcast. I have literally bullet shot your podcast since I found it, Paul. I think you've got fabulous information going on, the people that you've got on there as well. Thank I you. actually think a lot of people would actually get over their fear of flying just by listening to your podcast, but I know <laughs> how much. <laughs> I yeah. know how much. That was the idea, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like that old saying um, when people say, uh, you know, well, you sell alcohol and cigarettes on board, yet I'm not allowed to drink or smoke. Well, there's a life jacket underneath the seat, but that doesn't mean you're going for a swim, sir. That kind of <laughs> that kind of scenario. But I think your your podcast is brilliant because the captains on there give such knowledge. And they love what they do, uh, mm. as do cabin crew, even more so having gone what we've gone through through the last yes. few years. We want to keep those jobs going. Why do we all work so hard if we can't explore this wonderful planet? I've got a massive tie to flying as well because my late husband was involved with medical experiments on big shipwrecks around the world. If we don't fly, we won't be able to retrieve those medical experiments. So it goes a lot bigger for me than than people realise. But that possibly rather than a podcast may come in a book shortly from me. So I honestly believe that if listening to your podcast for one, absolutely tip apps. Um, there's some apps out there that are, are absolutely brilliant as well. Mm. Go on a course. It, as long as you're okay and you haven't got, dare I say, the xenophobia, the fear of strangers, that's a big thing that's coming up now with people being scared of sitting next to a stranger and germs on board and all that kind of thing. Go on a course, see if that helps you. If you're still finding difficulty, then it is time to reach out to somebody like myself because it, I'd be honoured to help each and every one person that I help I know that there's something else that they'll probably pass on to the next person who'll come back to me for, because I tend to do a lot of addiction. So when I say addiction, it's people say, well, you've cured me of my fear of flying. I feel like I don't need to drink as much now. Can you help me with that one? Yeah, of course I can. Or I don't, I feel like I don't need to take that Valium, that diazepam, that Xanax anymore. Can you help me with my anxiety? Yeah, of course I can. And the big one coming up in the new year, you know it's coming, Paul, the new you, and where everyone jumps on the, I need to lose some weight because I've yes. eaten too yeah. much turkey over Christmas. Again, I am underactive thyroid, and dare I say, I think thin. I am five foot ten and a half and a size UK 12, so I do think thin. But, uh, yeah, uh, anything and everything I can help you with, but definitely a lot a lot of my passion goes to the flying because uh, this planet is beautiful and let's protect it and let's explore it. Oh, what a great thing to end on. That's fabulous. Yeah. So we'll put your details into the the thingy when we put it on the podcast and we'll also do a Facebook post and, and do the newsletter as well. So we'll make sure that anybody wants to speak to V do some vask therapy that you know how to do that but i can't i cannot thank you enough that was that was lovely that was and uh 
that was a fantastic what a story and what a thing you've been through and so motivational at the end that uh yeah thank you for the i'm, I'm glad we got to arrange it at last because we've both I been know, backwards and forwards for so long haven't we but no it's been great to talk to you and i'm very very grateful and uh mm-hmm. hopefully we'll yeah. stay in touch now i've got somebody else i can send people to off the Wood- yes. woodlands area and then also virtually as well zoom and teams and all the rest of it so so you yeah. have uh, global you reach come, you come up to the the midlands area because birmingham of course is uh, expanding and i literally live next to more or less st george's park and the england football team left from birmingham didn't they this time come on boys <laughs> you know uh, you come up to the midlands I'd I'd love to just uh, run down uh, the uh, M6 to you and uh, kind of come and see you in person, Paul. And I could kind of show you what I do in person. That'd be amazing. In person, just because it's very quick what I do. So not always, but if there is somebody I can feel, I can help very quickly, like said ladies that I did mm. on last week's flight. Absolutely. Let's protect and explore this wonderful planet. And you deserve to fly each and every one of you. Drop the mic. I knew you were going to say that. Did you? <laughs> Sorry. I'm so predictable now. You've been listening to the podcast. I seem to say my old crap every time, probably. I'm really sorry. It is genuine, though, and I'm very grateful for your time and, and sharing yeah, your expertise. Okay. And hopefully you'll get some people come towards you from this as well. So thank you. My pleasure, honestly. Let's keep those flyers flying. <laughs>